Okay, so the so today's daf is Yud Tet. We're going to start on Yud Chet Amud Bet, just a little bit above, just so we're, we have the whole conversation uh, in, included. Okay, so eleven lines from the bottom, where it says Amar Le Ravina Le Ravashiva Ha Amar Rava Lo Rabbi Yosi Savar Rabbi Akiva Velo Rabbi Akiva Savar Rabbi Yosi That uh, that Rabbi Rabbi Yosi doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with Rabbi Yosi, even though Rabbi Yosi reported the teaching of Rabbi Akiva, he doesn't agree with it. Um, and what Rabbi Akiva had said was that uh, that a, a sheni can make a shlishi even for regular foods. Normally we say a sheni makes a shlishi for truma, but not for regular foods. And the regular foods only go up to a sheni. But Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Akiva was interpreting the pasuk where it says yitma means yitame. So that means it could continue another step even for chulin, not just for truma, but Rabbi Yossi didn't agree with that. And, and Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi about something that he's about to say. Uh, that we didn't read yet, but uh, so Amarle. Uh, so so he said Amarle Rabbi Yosi b'shitat Rabbi Akiva Rabo Amaravelelo Svirale. Right. So even though Rabbi Rabbi Yosi reported Rabbi Akiva's version of the teaching, he doesn't actually agree with it. He was just saying it on behalf of Rabbi Akiva. Right. Amarle Rav Ashir Rav Kana. So that's what I think what we got up to. Right. Technically, where do we? How do we know that Rabbi Yossi doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva from the following? Because the Tanya says in the Brayta, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, "Minayin Rabbi Bakodesh Pasul." How do you know that that in Kodesh Tumah goes to Rabbi It goes to a fourth step of uh, of Tumah, meaning if something you have an Ava Tumah, it's like a sheretz touches a vessel, vessel touches the food, food touches the liquid. That's called Rabbi Bakodesh. In the Beit Hamikdash, it goes all the way to Rabbi In Tumah, usually it only goes to Shlishi. Okay. Even though Rabbi Akiva says that even in Chulin, it can go to Shlishi. That's the Chidush of Rabbi Akiva, but Rabbi Yossi is not saying that. He's saying, how do you know that, that it goes to Rabbi Bakodesh? Because, Bedino, Oman, Mechusar, Kippurim, Shemotah, Bachumah, Pasul Bakodesh, Shlishi, Shepasul Bachumah, Inu, Dishiyase, Rabbi Bakodesh. So, the, basically, his logic is like this that a Tevul Yom, and the, and the classic case of Tevul Yom is, uh, is actually Yoledet, because she. Uh, a woman who gives birth has a period where she is completely tme'ah from the, either the first week or the first two weeks, depending on if it's a boy or a girl. And then she has 33 or 66 days that even though she's allowed to, uh, she's considered to be tevulyom for that whole time. So she's not really considered tamei, but she's considered tevulyom. Okay, meaning she cannot come into the Beit HaMikdash. Um, during that time is Tevul Yom and she can't she's not allowed to touch anything Kodesh so that and that's including even Truma because she is a uh, she's considered Tevulat Yom but then once she gets to Mechusar Kippurim that's a new case Mechusar Kippurim means you finished your entire period of time so let's say she finished the entire 33 days she finished the entire 66 days and now she's on day, day 81 day 41 now she's called Mechusar Kippurim Mechusar Kippurim means that if she were to touch Truma, it would be no problem because she's not considered a Shenila Tuma anymore. But she still, until her Korban is brought, isn't allowed to handle anything Kodesh or go into the Bet HaMikdash until her Korban is brought. Okay, so that's the that's the uh, uh, where the uh, you know an example, but that's the example from the Torah really. That's the the easiest example to see. But the idea is that a yom in general, or the you know the case of the kohen where it says the kohen is not allowed to have truma if he goes to to the mikveh, he has to wait until the evening in order to have the truma. So the idea is that he is um, he's because he just went to the mikveh that day and he hasn't waited for the nighttime, so he's not allowed to touch the truma. So the 
So uh, that's called Tevul Yom, and he creates a Shlishi. So it says, if you see that a Shlishi, that a Mechusar Kippurim, a person who has to also bring a Korban, like a Zav, or a Zava, or a Yoledet, that, or they have to bring a Korban in addition to waiting a certain number of days, even though their period of, of purification is over, they still have to bring a Korban, that person is not allowed to handle any Korbanot, because they will, even though they're allowed to eat Truma, Shemutar B'Truma, Pasul B'Kodesh, Shlishi, Shepasul B'Truma, Eredesh Shaserufi B'Kodesh. So then a Shlishi, someone who is a, uh, who, let's say, is a Tevul Yom, which actually is considered Sheni Letum'ah, who touches uh, uh, a Tumah and makes it a Shlishi, certainly he's going to make a, uh, he's gonna, it's going to make a Revi'i uh, Kodesh. In other words, the idea is that since you see that when it comes to a, um, when it comes to Truma, we go up to the third level and we say that a person who is a Tevul Yom cannot even touch Truma, but a person Mechusar Kippurim cannot even touch Kodesh. So that's even a further level. So, ah, so when he, if he, when he, he couldn't touch Truma because that goes up to Shlishi. Once he's passed, once he's passed the period of purification and he just has to bring his korban, let's see, zav or zavah, whatever, they have to still bring korban, they're considered like a shlishi now, really, because it means they can handle uh, truma, which is not susceptible past the shlishi, but they still can't handle kodesh, which means that there's a further level that, they're, that they, their tumah will extend to, even though they... Uh, you know, can touch Truma. So you see that there's a further step. So that's what it's saying. It, you see that the Mechusar Kippurim, okay, is a, is of a lesser status than Tvul Yom. Because Mechusar Kippurim is a person who completely finished their, their period of purification. They just haven't brought the Korban. And yet, they're not allowed, they're allowed to eat Truma, but they're not allowed to eat Kodesh. So somebody who is, who is allowed to, uh, uh, to eat, uh, uh, who is not allowed to eat Truma certainly can't touch Kodesh. But the point is that it's going to be a step further than Truma. Okay, and we learn that Shlishiba Kodesh is, we learn that from the Torah, because we, we see that the person who, uh, the Gemara is going to say in a second, where do you see that from? And we learn from Kalvachom. Because it says that, it, uh, that, a, that flesh that touches, and it's talking about the Korban, that touches anything Tamei cannot be eaten, okay? And it's talking about something that was touched by Yesheni, Rashi explains how we know it's talking about something that was touched by Yesheni. Okay, Milo Askinan, Dinagab Sheni. We're talking about something that touched a Sheni. Uh, because the furthest that the Torah will refer to something as Tamei, the furthest that it will refer to Tamei is, uh, uh, uses the word Tamei is a Sheni Letum'ah, when it talks about the food that is in the Kli, the food that is in a vessel that is, that is Tamei will say that it's Tamei. So certainly, uh, flesh that, of a Korban that touches such a thing will come Tamei. And Revi'i Mikal Vachomer Kedamrinan. And that's going to be the, uh, and, and the Revi'i because this is a Kalvachomer, because since you see that the person is not allowed to eat Truma, I'm sorry, that's allowed to eat Truma, is not allowed to eat Kodesh, so that means that the Kodesh is a level further than the Truma to Kalvachomer. Well, okay? We comparing a human condition to a status of a uh, Kodesh. We're talking about how far it reaches. A person is a Tvul Yom, is considered a Sheni Tum'ah, so therefore he cannot touch even Truma. But the person who is Mechusar Kippurim is considered like a Shlishi Letum'ah, basically, because he's allowed to touch Truma'ah, which doesn't have the ability to become Revi'i, but he's not allowed to touch Kodesh. So that shows you that, it's, that, he, you know, that for sure it's go, it extends one step further for Kodesh. That's basically what the Gemara is saying. It's calling it a Kalvachomer. It's not, I mean, the calling it a Kalvachomer is, is a little bit unusual. I don't know if I would call it a Kalvachomer exactly, but uh, yeah, if, what, what, but the, it says, Matevul Yom Demutar Bechulin Asur 
right? Like the, the Rashi says on the on the bottom, he says well, uh, he says uh, he's quoting from the Gemara elsewhere. But it says ma ma just like a person who is uh, a tivulyom. Right, is allowed to eat chulin, but can't eat truma. A sheni she pasul b'chulin, and she says shlishi b'truma. So somebody who's a sheni l'truma, right, will will uh, will make uh, will make truma uh, pasul. So it's saying that every step up the ladder is a further stringency. Okay, so now that from that you see that Rabbi Yossi could not have agreed with Rabbi Akiva. Now, why couldn't Rabbi Yossi have agreed with Rabbi Akiva? Because he's assuming that there are levels here. That Sheni Letum'ah will create a Shlishi for, for Truma, but not for Chulin. Because if you were to say that Chulin also goes to Shlishi, okay, then you're going to have to say that Truma, according to him, you're going to have to say Truma goes to Arivi'i Letum'ah, and you're going to have to say that Kodesh goes all the way to Chamishi. Because you're saying that we're starting from a ground level of shlishi, and his kalvachomer is that truma has to be worse or stricter, right? Has to be stricter, more sensitive to truma than chulin. So if you're going to say that, that uh, like Rabbi Akiva, that chulin and truma both go up to shlishi, the truma you're going to have to push. Then uh, you're going to have to say, you're going to have to let truma be better in some way than chulin. So then you're going to have to say that truma also can go to Ravi'i. and then you're going to have to say that uh, kodesh can go to chamishi. So you see that from Rabbi Yossi's logic that he's saying that each tier is higher than the one before, then you see that, that he couldn't have agreed with Rabbi Akiva that Chulin goes to a, to a Shlishi because then he would have had to put Truma up higher and, Cham, and Kodesh up higher. So okay? No. no, he doesn't. It's saying that how can you see that Rabbi Yossi does not agree with Rabbi Akiva because if he did that Chulin goes to Shlishi, he would have to push Truma up to Rabbi Akiva and he would have to push Kodesh up to Chamishi and he doesn't do that. So obviously he doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva that Chulin goes to Shlishi. However, right? if you're going to say that he holds like Rabbi Akiva, then he would have to have Rabbi for Truma and Chamishi for Kodesh. Ela Rabbi Akiva lo savak Rabbi Yossi. But how do you know the other way around? In other words, you made a good point that Rabbi Yossi definitely doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva that there's up to a Shlishi and Chulin because if he did, then he would have to build a tier all the way up to Chamishi because he's saying that each one is like a Kalva Chomer to the next one. Right? Each one is pushing the next one higher. But, but how do you know Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi? Maybe Rabbi, Yossi do, maybe Rabbi Akiva does say that there's Rabbi Ibatruma and Chamishi Bakodesh. How do you know that he doesn't? So, because we never found any Tana that taught that there was Rabbi Ibatruma or Chamishi Bakodesh, and said it was Rabbi Akiva. You know, like the Gemara will quote some teaching and be like, oh, but you see there's Chamishi Bakodesh over here. And then said, ah, oh, that's just the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. We never see that anywhere. So, obviously, there's no Chamishi Bakodesh. Right? So, are we just going to rely on that? Absence of evidence, the fact that we've never seen anyone mention Chamishi Bakodesh and attribute it to Rabbi Akiva, so we're assuming he doesn't hold like it? Maybe he does. Maybe he holds a combination of two things. He holds that Chulin goes all the way up to Shlishi, and he holds like Rabbi Yossi that we make a Kalvachomer from one level to the next, and he actually extends Trumat to Rabbi Yossi, and he actually extends Kodesh to Chamishi. Maybe he does. So it says, Nafak Ravashi, Ivitaim Ravkana, either Ravashi or Ravkana went and did some research, Vashkach, and they found a source. Had it not, it says in the following Mishnah in Chagiga, Haklimitzarifit Mashibetuchol, a Kodesh, Valola Tuma, 
It says in the Mishnah that a Kli, if you have a vessel that has lots of different things, items in it, food, let's say, and you just touch one edge of the, uh, of the food, all the food becomes Tamei. It's a Kli means it unites it into one entity. And it says, Revi'i Bakodesh and Shlishi, Betruma is the end of the line for each. It doesn't matter. It's just saying anything, if I put food into a bowl and I touch one apple in the bowl, all of them are going to become Tamei because they're all one entity because they're all in one kli. That's all it's saying. It doesn't matter what, kind, what the kli is. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now it says, And Rabbi Chia said that from the testimony of Rabbi Akiva, this Mishnah was made, meaning that it represents Rabbi Akiva's view and it clearly says that Shruma only goes up to Shlishi and, and uh, Kodesh goes up to Revi'i, not Hamishi. And it says Ditnan. It shouldn't say Ditnan, it says Ditnan because it's actually a Mishnah also. Hosif Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva added hasolet va ketoret va levonava gechalim that if flour and ketoret is the uh, incense and levona as we learned about when we learned menachot is that stuff that they put on the minchados that sort of like a mineral that they put on there va gechalim and the uh, and the coals sheim nagat tevul yom bemikzatan pasal et kulan that if you touch even part of it then everything in the container also becomes tamei the chidush there is that even though they're not foods. Okay, even though they're not foods, they can become Tamei from a Sheni Betum'a that touches them. A Tevulyom touches them, they become Tamei even though they're not foods because we have an idea of Chibata Kodesh. Chibata Kodesh means that because they are very precious to us, they're treated almost like foods, even though they're not considered, uh, obviously they are not edible, the, the coals and so on. But that's the Chidush of Rabbi Akiva. But you see from that Revi'i'in, Chamishi Lo. So what do you see from that? You see that it only goes up to Revi'i and not, uh, and it doesn't go up to Chamishi. Shlishi in Revi'ilo. Right? So the, uh, the, the point is that, um, that, that Edu, that Rabbi Akiva there that comes afterwards is explaining the one before. It's not the, it's, the main point was that the previous Mishnah that was quoted where it said Shlishi Lechuman Chamishi and Revi'ilo Kodesh was Rabbi Akiva's view, and Rabbi Chia said, we know that it's Rabbi Akiva's view, because this testimony that he gave, um, in, uh, which was from uh, Eduyot, where it says he added on to the, uh, he added on, um, actually, no, yeah, it is in Eduyot, yeah, that he added on Solat and Ketorot and so on, that, and that's where we see he's adding on to the concept that the entire Kli is affected. If somebody touches it, everything in the Kli will become affected, okay? So, and, and yet, in, see, in the latter Mishnah, he doesn't, me- he mentions a Tevul Yom. He mentions someone who's considered a Sheni Tumah. So he doesn't really, he doesn't refer to the Shlishi and Revi'i and, and Chamishi and the whole question. He, but the point that they said that this teaching about everything in the Kli being, you know, grouped together into one entity was from Rabbi Akiva. And what source is Rabbi Akiva? Here with the Ketorot and the Levonah. But the main point is that that Mishnah Masechet Chagiga that said Shlishi for Truma and Revi'i for Kodesh shows you that if that's Rabbi Akiva, then obviously Rabbi Akiva does not agree that there's a Revi'i Kodesh. I'm sorry, there's a Revi'i B'Truma or a Chamishi Kodesh. He doesn't have that concept. He doesn't extend it further. So therefore what? Therefore he can't agree with Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer that we always make higher tiers. That, oh, is that, uh, you know, what is good for Chulin, a level higher than that must be for Truman. What's good for Truman, a level higher than that must be for, for Kodesh. He doesn't agree because he actually puts Chulin and Truman on the same level. He says they both are subject to Truman up to a Shlishi. 
Okay, that, so he doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi that we are, that, that Chulin has to be less susceptible to Tumah, uh, to Tumah than Tumah is. Tumah and Chulin are the same in terms of their susceptibility to Tumah, uh, to Tumah, according to Rabbi Akiva. So now it says, Alma now, from the, the, the way that Tosafot explains this, from the language here that it says, Hosif Rabbi Akiva, and they're talking about rabbinic, uh, uh, rabbinic concepts, you see that Tseruf, this idea that everything in one kli, everything in one um, container is considered, uh, is only a rabbinic concept. And Rashi says, Miltaban penafshehi. This is a separate point. There's nothing to do with what we've been talking about up till now. Midam Rabbi Yochanan, since Rabbi Yochanan said, Meidutosh Rabbi Akiva, that, that, Rabbi, that this was from the teachings of Rabbi Akiva. Alma kasavar Rabbi Yochanan, Tseruf de kli lakodesh, de katanga malot lav de waita. And he says, what's the proof that it's only rabbinic? Because it's referring to coals and kitoret and other things that are not edible. And yet it still applies this point of, of uh, tum'ah when really, because they're not foods, they shouldn't really be subject to any tum'ah. They shouldn't really be subject to, uh, uh, to, to these tum'ot, but they are because of chibat kodesh. So the fact that you, you see from that the whole concept is rabbinic. Tosfot says that's not the reason why you see it's all rabbinic. You see it's all rabbinic because, the whole, because uh, in the context of the Mishnah, they're talking about rabbinic stringencies and, and it says Rabbi Akiva Hosif, he added to that. So obviously he's speaking rabbinically. But anyway, the concept that everything in one, that if I touch uh, a piece of the Ketorot over here, it makes the piece on the other side Tameh is only the Rabbanan. Because, other, because how could it be that you know one is touching the other, is touching the other, is touching the other. So according to the rules, even if Ochel metame Ochel, it won't go that far across the, uh, across the entire pan. Uh, so it wouldn't work. So he's saying it's only the Rabbanan. And however, that disagrees with Upligad Rabbi Chanin. Get used to that Pasuk, my friends, because you're going to be hearing quite a lot of it over the next eight days. Every day of Chanukah, we say it in multiple times. Kaf Achat, Asra Zavde, the uh, the uh, calf is the big spoon that they used. Mleak ketoret. Yeah, every single day you're gonna hear it. Yeah, kav achad asaz mleak ketoret. Then it goes parichad ben bakar ayelachad etc. etc. Right? Hakatuv asad kol ma she bakav achad because it says kaf achad. Whereas if the kaf achad, it says kaf mleak ketoret. Whereas the kaf achad, everything in there is considered one. So according to him, it's a deoraita. The idea that ev- that if I touch something in one, ca- if there's a container, a bowl, whatever has all different food, and I touch the grain on one side. It makes the whole thing to me. That's deoraita. It's not the rabbanan, according to uh, according to Rabbi Chanin. Rabbi Yochanan says no. It's the rabbanan. This whole concept. Okay. Now, be that as it may, the Gemara doesn't uh, continue with that point so much, but that, that's, the, that's the conclusion of That's just an observation the Gemara is making. So in the end, what we see is Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi agree that Shlishi is the end of the line of Tum'ah for Terumah, Rabbi is the end of the line for Kodesh, and that the difference between them would be that Rabbi Yossi uh, has this Kalvachomer concept, which dictates that Chulin has to be less susceptible than Truman. And Truman is going to be a step up from Chulin, and then Kodesh is going to be a step up. Whereas Rabbi Akiva says, no, we don't need this Kalvachomer stuff. We have the Pasuk that says that a food can make something else Tamei is rep- applying both to Chulin and to, uh, and to Truma, that it can go from Sheni to Shlishi, Chulin and Truma. There's no need for them to be on different levels. The only Chidush, the only new level is Kodesh, which goes to Rafi'i. Interesting, there's a long Rashi here, very long. It's like most of the Rashi on the page. Where he basically says that according to everyone, if you hold that food doesn't make mashkin tamei min torah or that mashkin don't make foods tamei min you're going to have a big problem ever finding revi'i bakodesh, because how are you ever going to get it? 
right? Because let's say Kli becomes Ava Tumah or Rishon the Tumah. The food. Right. Right, but the, the idea that Mechusar Kippurim is is uh, is a Shlishi Bakodesh itself is it's from the Torah, so it's different because he he explains that those two modes, Actually, the Gemara says elsewhere that that there's a problem with the learning from the Tevul Yom and the Mechusar Kippurim. He he talks about that. Why? Because since they they themselves were the source of Tumah, and they got downgraded. They didn't. It's not derivative tumah. Normally, a shenile tumah is something that derived tumah from a rishon. A shlishi derived tumah from a sheni. So it's it's diluted tumah because it's derivative tumah. Here, the person who was the ava tumah, the zav, he goes to the. He now goes to the mikven. He becomes a shenile tumah. But he, it downgraded his own tumah, so it's actually different than a regular shenilat tumah. It's just functionally the same, but it's not substantially the same. And therefore, the, 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 so he says there that that's why it's not so easy to learn from there, and that's why they the, the, there's a question raised as to whether that whole kalvachomer is legitimate. And that's why Rabbi Akiva doesn't take the kalvachomer of Rabbi Yossi because he says that you can't compare, you can't you can't make a der- uh, derivation from the case of the tevul yom because he's, it's not really a shenilat tumah. He's really an avatumah that got downgraded. That's why he has. Uh, that's why he's different. So, um, so the, uh, the the point is that he has a whole discussion here about how if unless you hold that the transmission from foods to liquids and back and forth is deoraita, you're not going to be able to find the Ravila kodesh that's actually deoraita. But it's an interesting Rashi where he goes really a long discussion there. Anyway, yeah, Ravila kodesh and shlishi Chuma. No, it's it's, deor- it's considered deoraita. But the question is, can you have a case of it that is the oraita? You need mashkin to be able to be mitame right. foods, or foods to be able to be mitame mashkin in order to get there. Because how else are you ever going to get to Raviba Kodesh is the problem. Because let's say even worst case scenario, let's say you have like a, a metal thing became tame from a, directly from a, a mit, okay? Right? Even if, right, even, even if you had that. So... Right, so no, it'll become avatumah because it touched oh, it, right? Right, right. So, so, I mean, let's say it became an avatumah, or even if it's metal, let's say it became aviavotatumah, but even if it transmits the tumah to what? To a food. Okay, so now you already say, and a food can go to a liquid, so then can a liquid go to another food? You already told me that's a question, right? So it's, uh, that, that's why it's, you know, they're already, that's why it's hard to create a case of Revi'i Latumah, because even if you have the strictest case, Lakodesh, yeah, I'm saying, for Tumah, any, any fourth level Tumah derivation, already you're getting into the question of whether liquids can transmit to solids, solids can transmit to liquids, and some are saying it's all rabbinic, so then, you know, the, the chain falls apart at a certain point. Anyway, so now it goes like this, Nan Hadam, they learned over there, it's really not on the same exact uh, trajectory as a previous discussion, but it says, um, they, they learned, we learned over there in the Mishnah, and again, we're going to Eduyot, where there's all kinds of different testimonies about how they did things in the Beit HaMikdash, that there was, if there was a needle found in the flesh of the, uh, uh, an animal that was slaughtered in the Beit HaMikdash, we're going to say that the knife and the hands of the Kohen are both Tahor, but the flesh is going to be Tamei. And we're, it's going to discuss exactly what the case could possibly even be here, right? If it was found in the waist of the animal, not in the actual flesh of the animal, so then a kultor, everything is going to be pure because it went through, I guess, the digestive system of the animal, so it's not really, it didn't, it didn't get stuck in anything, right? So now, the, the, the Gemara is going to go back to this whole question and discuss what exactly the case is and why, what, the knife, the hands, and all this, okay? But the, the issue that we're assuming is that this 
needle, we don't know where it's been, basically. So therefore, it could be that it became Tamei, and it's a Rishon de Tum'ah, that's the worst we would assume, is that it, it touched a Sheretz, fell on it, something, we don't know where it came from. So therefore, we have to assume it's a Rishon de Tum'ah, and it will make the flesh of the animal Tamei, and then, but it won't make the Kohen Tamei. Why? When he went into the animal. What? The needle went into It doesn't matter, it's dead now. Yeah, but if he was alive, so he didn't make it Tamei. When he went to the, the he slaughtered the animal, and now it's basar, so it doesn't matter that when it got there. It won't matter when it got Even there. A minute ago, it was a live cow, and it was not. No, it won't matter. Fine. It won't matter. A person a minute ago was alive, and then they become tamei. You know, when they die, so it, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. So, anyways, the chinush ain't mikdash. Uh, we, we we are very fortunate, right? He says zechut v'tovah v'revach v'takana ulanu. Why? Because if the hands were, t- if we had these gzerot about tumat yadayim in the Beit Hamikdash, we'd have a lot of hefsed kodashim. We would lose a lot of kodashim because there are all kinds of different rules about the hands becoming. He says, as opposed to outside Rashi, he says chutz hamikdash mitamim yadayim tum akoldu. Even the slightest thing will make the hands tamei. There are all kinds of different rules about the hands becoming tamei because people yadayim askaniyotin because people don't pay attention to where their hands have been and they might be touching uh, tamei things. And it's rabbinic, yeah. right? It's rabbinic, right? So there can never be only your hands being tamei. Only yeah, it's the whole concept of only part of the body being tamei is, is rabbinic. Okay. So why doesn't he mention that? also kelim do not become tamay. And he's talking about kelim becoming tamay from, let's say, a liquid or something like that. He's not talking about, uh, because they also made a that mashkim that are tamay will also make a kli tamay, even though food can never make a kli tamay. But they were very strict about liquids transmitting tumah. So they made a dirabanan also that liquids will make a kli tamay. Okay, as, and as we learn, and he says, no, that, uh, so he should have mentioned that that rabbinic rule also doesn't apply in the Beit HaMikdash because we also don't apply that. So, the whole concept of Tumat Yadaim was much older than the Gzera of Tumat Kelim, that Kelim can receive Tumat from Mashkim, and that's why he doesn't mention it. What are you talking about? When we learned the 18 Gzerot uh, that they made in Masachet Shabbat, they were both together. We learned in the Mishnah, their list of things that the rabbis decreed will become Tamei, for example, the Sefer, a person who, uh, if you have a, a Sefer Torah, it's Tamei. The rabbis made it Tamei. If the person touches it, their, their hands become Tamei. Why? Because they, they, the people used to store the Sfarim with the Truma. They said, oh, this is, they're both holy. We'll put them together. Right, so they said, no, a, a sefer, now we're going to say it's, a, it's Tamei. Why? Because they, they didn't want them to put it together because what happened was it attracted, the food attracted Akhbarim. Right? It attracted the mice and then they would Smart. take a bite out of the sefer Torah also. You know, for a little bit of a dessert. You know, after they... Because you know, it says it's very sweet. It's, no, that's about respect. I mean, that's more about respect. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it said... It's a, okay. So they, they want to taste a little bit. Yeah. So, that, so, um, so it, what do you see here? That it says that the Yadayim, the rules of Yadayim, and Tevul Yom, creating Tumah, and and also the idea that foods and vessels can become Tameh from Mashkin, all of this was decreed on the same day. Now, incidentally, the Gemara over there takes out the word Tevul Yom, because Tevul Yom is Deoraita. It has nothing to do with, uh, nothing to do with the Gzerot of the rabbis. But all of these things, that Sfarim will be Tameh, that hands, that they decreed, that, that Stam Yadayim, Shniot Letumah, that basically if you haven't paid attention and you just have, reg- your hands are just assumed to be, unless you wash them all of these things they made on the same day and also that kelim that touch impure liquids will become tamay they made on the same day so you can't say that Rabbi Akiva had one and not the other 
The reason why Rabbi Akiva doesn't mention Kelim not becoming Tameh here is because forget the Tumah of the Sakin. Because you wouldn't have a Tumah here from the Sakin anyway. How's that, how is the knife going to become Tameh in a case like this where a needle is in the flesh of the animal? How is it going to end up transmitting Tumah to the... Uh, you're assuming that what? That this needle touched Mashkin and, then the, uh, the, and the liquids then touched the knife. That's what Rashi says they must, be, must have been imagining. Because otherwise, how would from the needle to the knife, a kli to a kli cannot transmit tumah? Mm-hmm. Right? The korban meat to the kli can also not transmit tumah. Only mashkin could. So you're going to say that the needle fell in, this needle that was pr- presumably tameh fell into a liquid and then you put the knife into the liquid? I mean, that's very far fetched. How would the knife become tameh here? Hi, sakin to nagabemai. What did it touch? We know, well, it's going to give that possibility, but we know that, that that's not tameh either, right? Because we, we, we learned a couple of the pimago. If we're going to say because it touched the flesh, so the, the flesh of the animal can't make the kli. Even if it touched the needle directly, it won't happen. But, right, so, so therefore there's no way for it to become tameh. And we know that the blood actually of the shechita, the blood is uh, not, uh, the blood of kodashi, that doesn't transmit to Allah, right? Yeah, according to anyone. Now, the high machat my avite. What is the status of this needle anyway? Inami safek machat. If you're inema safek machat, safek machat. You're going to say that this, what it is is a needle that we don't know the status. It was found that we don't know the status. What was already stated, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Chanina, Chadamar Logazwal Safeka Wokin Shibushalai. Chadamar Logazwal Safeka Kelim Shibushalai. They each agree that, and I don't think they're ca- contradicting each other, but they, they both stated that we don't impose Sfekot in Yerushalayim. Meaning, we don't want to create additional Tum'ah. So you find a needle in the street, assume it was Tahor, don't assume it was Tameh. You find, right, you find kelim, random kelim. Don't assume they're tameh. You find spit, like saliva. Don't assume it came from a zav. Don't, don't assume. We don't assume those things. So why would you assume that this needle is suspect of being tameh? Um, I skipped something, right? No. No, I didn't. No. Spit, saliva, rock. Yeah, rock. Yeah. We must be talking about a case where the guy lost his needle that was to Mehmet. And then he recognizes, says, hey, what's it doing in that cow over there? That's my special needle, you know. So he knew it was to Mehmet, but he recognized it. Okay, so that must be it. That's why it's making the flesh to but it can't make the kli to right? And, and presumably, unless the Kohen touched it directly, it can't make him to right? I mean, even if you're going to say that it, it wouldn't be able to be, make him to unless it was avatum uh, level. If it, but ra- that's why Rashi puts shelt memet, meaning that it itself wasn't an avatum It was only Rishon the Tumah. So it couldn't make the Kohen Tamei, um, and it couldn't make the, uh, it, it wouldn't make the, the knife Tamei. That's why. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Avina, he says, no, the, the, a better possibility is that we just had a an animal that came from Chutz Yerushalayim. And therefore, in other words, in Yerushalayim, we see, uh, we see Kelim and we give them the benefit of the doubt, but something came from, imported from outside Yerushalayim. We don't give it the benefit of the doubt, and therefore we have to assume that maybe this needle was Tameh, and if it was Tameh, let's assume it was a Rishon the Tum'ah, and then everything else will flow from that, but it's not going to make the Kohen Tameh, and it's not going to make the knife Tameh. Now, going back to what we said before, Gufa, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi we don't assume saliva is from a Tamei person. And also that we don't assume that Kelim are Tamei in Yerushalayim. We know both of these. Why do they have to say it? Because we learned in the Mishnah that any saliva that's found in Yerushalayim, we assume it comes from a Torah person. Except for the upper Shuk. There was an area where the Tamei people would go. 
right? Like they would let them go in a certain area, but no other area, so they wouldn't have any concern about bodily fluids found in other areas. Okay, so if you found bodily fluids there, you assume, well, the reason why the person is there is because of Tameh, but everywhere else it's good. So, it's a, so why does he have to mention it? Meaning, even though they saw a Zav walking through the regular area. So you say, he's not supposed to be here. What is he doing? Okay, you saw a guy breaking the protocol. He walked through. Maybe he also spit on the ground. Maybe, that, maybe that's from him. You don't have to assume it. Okay, Tanena, we also learned about the Kelim Tanena. It's not. It says that any Kelim found in Yerushalayim on the way down to where the Mikveh is, you assume that they're Tme'im. Because you assume the guy was bringing it down. Because they had one way. They had an entrance and an exit. They, you didn't go the same way. Okay? Yeah, so you would go around to go out. So going down, if you found it there, probably the guy dropped the thing on the way to the mikveh. Never made it. And it's probably Tame'i. But everywhere else, the implication is... But according to you, But what about the end of that Mishnah? You forgot to read the end of the Mishnah. That you can't do that. It also says that if it's on the way out... They are tahor, implying that that every other place is tameh. In other words, you can't have it both ways. In other words, you're going to say that going down, if you find it going down, you assume it was on the way and it didn't make it out. If you find it going up, you assume that it finished, the guy finished the tevilah and he was bringing it out. You can't draw a general rule about what it means about any other place. Only on this right, only in this place. Right? You're going to tell me that the beginning is Davka. In other words, the beginning that says, if you find something on the way down to the Mikveh, that was being literal. Meaning, anywhere else, we assume the get benefit of the doubt for Kelim. Except going down. But when it said the only place that you assume Kelim or Teorim is on the way out of the Mikveh, that was just exact, that was just to balance the language of the Mishnah, but it's not literal. And it's coming to exclude areas that were on the side that were used in both directions. If they were used in both directions, okay, then it, we, we have a, a, a doubt. In other words, there were certain side-like entrances. So if it's anywhere in your, else in Yerushalayim, we assume the Kelim are Taurim. If it's on the way up from the Mikveh, we assume it's Kelim Taurim. If it's on the way down, we, also, we assume it's Tameh. That's the only place we assume it's Tameh. But there were also side areas that people would use both directions, in and out, if you find it there, it's also a safik. It's going to be a doubt in that case too. And that's what it's coming to tell you. Um, to, it's saying on the way out of the mikveh, only if it's the one single way out. But if there are other side streets that are used, alleyways that are used both directions, then you can't assume anything from the fact that they are there. Okay, so now going back to the two explanations of this needle for a second. Since we said that uh, you're telling me that this was the uh, needle from a tmeimet, so tumatmet goes directly, it doesn't go down when it transfers to metal. So if the person who had it was a tmeimet, that means he was an avatumah. Okay, and if it goes directly, it goes to the needle, that means that that needle is also avatumah. So it should make the person tamay, and it should be able to make anything tamay. Right, so that's why he says, if that's the case, then Adam and Kelim also should be tamay, because it's considered avatu, it's considered like the source itself. We always consider any public doubt, a doubt that happens in a Rashut Rabim in Tumah, we always rule leniently, and a doubt that happens in a private, we, we rule stringently, we learned it from the Sota actually. We rule stringently about private domain and, 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 and leniently about public domain. What, so what's the point? So here, since it happened in the Azara, it's a public place, and we don't know, he doesn't know if he touched it, didn't touch it, so, so we assume leniently. Okay, so you're telling me that if this happened in privacy, then we would assume 
that the knife and the person are both tamay then. You're saying that the only reason why we're saving the Kohen and we're saving the knife is because it's in a public place. But, so it says, But this machat is an inanimate object. And we say, We always assume for leniency when inanimate objects are involved. In other words, you find a, a dead sheritz in the middle of a wine cellar and it's around all kinds of barrels of wine, it's on the floor. You don't have to assume it died on, in the wine and fell out or whatever. You don't, when it, it's inanimate object, even if nothing there is animate, you don't have to assume that, uh, that it is uh, uh, anything about that, that situation negative. So it says, so there, and, and here it's the machat, but it says, no, since, since in this case, mishum since it involved a person. Okay, in other words, it involved a human being because the Kohen is there. We don't call that inanimate objects. We call that a person involved. And so therefore, if the Kohen had slaughtered this Korban in some secret room, you know, so then he would be Tamei Misafek, maybe he touched it. And so would the knife be Tamei Misafek, maybe he touched it. But since it's in public, it's not going to be Tamei. So we just said that the, the objects are tomorrow. Right. So the, in the, it's in a... Huh? Is, is oh, well, that's yeah, but it, it, the uh, that will not make only the dead body transmits from uh, oh tumat oil, a, a, a piece of metal that derived uh, tuma the from it doesn't oil. have tumat oil. Only the body itself has tumat oil. Yeah, like if a person who's tumat comes under the roof with you, they don't make you tamay. No, no. Then it would be like uh devar sof. Avam Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, "Safek tuma babi de adam nishalina leafilu." So he said that when it comes to, if a person is involved, then even if what he's involved with is an inanimate object, even if what he's involved with is something that's stuck on the ground, since there's a person involved in the safek, then we're going to say, we're going to say that it's like a, uh, a, it's like a case of tum'ah with a person because there's a person involved, right? Even if like, let's say a zav walked through the room. He doesn't know if he touched the barrel or not. He doesn't know what he, what he did, what he didn't touch when he walked through. He, he walked through quickly. He says, I don't know. You can't say, well, since it's about barrels, it's about inanimate object. No, since there was a person involved, there's a person involved. So if it was Rishut Echid, it's going to be Tameh. So Rishut it's going to be Tor. So here too, since the Kohen is the one who's doing it, if it had been in a private area, it would be Tameh. He would be Tameh Misafek. But since it's done in a public area, he is going to be Tor because of the doubt. And that's why even though the, the needle is an Avatumah, according to this interpretation, is an he's going to be saved from having to be Tameh, but the flesh itself that has the needle stuck in it, obviously is going to be Tameh.